Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week I'm joined by Birdie. Hey, how's it going? And Forty. Hey, fellas. And Ham. Yeah, good. Good evening. <laughs> and your host Hamish. Let's wrap up that win over the Bulldogs yesterday. Ham and myself. Forty. Did you get out to the game? No, I didn't. I had family over. Yeah, so him, the two Hamishers were in attendance, but at yes. opposite ends of the ground. The DQP, the double quarter pounder. <laughs> Keep them in check. Keep them in check on both sides of the field. Yeah, well, I tell you what, I was in Bulldog uh, Central, um, and it was pretty funny. Like, I'll give them uh, the whole game, cheering, chants, drums, the kazoo, they're all going. <laughs> they had a kazoo. They had a kazoo going. A kazoo kid. Um, He's a Bulldogs ah, fan. Is that a Vuvuzela from the South African World Cup, or is that something different? It's, it's, the, it's the white Eastern version. Yes. Oh, I thought it was going to be the white person's version of the kazoo. Uh, <laughs> I think it's the Arabian version. Ah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was pretty funny. The, the chant starting from minute one was, um, who was the bench um, halfback they had? Uh, Rajab. Rajab, yeah. We want Rajab the whole, the whole until he finally got on. <laughs> and then he did all right. <laughs> I tell you what, he was probably their best player. He was close attack. to it, yeah. He actually tell you, what, you, you talk about um, the thumb being pretty small. He is tiny. Yeah. <laughs> you, could, you could even see in TV he was like just not tall. All right. Um, all right. Well, Eels 34 to the Bulldogs 12. So that uh, completes the sweep. Got the brooms the out, boys. Both 30-point, yeah. um, putting 30 points on in both uh, contests. Uh, the King, Clint Gutherson, uh, capping the uh, King's birthday weekend with a hat trick. Bailey Simonson, Will Penasini, and Maker Sivo all going over. Uh, so that just leaves poor uh, the love muscle not going over. I think I was the one who uh, penciled him in for first try scorer, <laughs> so my apologies. Uh, Eels, 53% possession, uh, but only completing at 65%. I'd say a fair few of those were at the back end of the game when we already had run up a score and were hoping to run up a bit more. There was also um, that middle... 20 in the first half where we just threw the ball around. Yeah, we got really stuck nearly. into playing. We saw a match in the dog's tempo playing hot potato footy and we did some dumb stuff leading up to that Matt Burton try. We outgained them by 500 metres, an extra 130, uh, 120 post-contact metres. Uh, we conceded seven line breaks too and we only uh, got six ourselves. Usually the line breaks wins, but there you are. Tackle breaks 56 to the Bulldogs 37. We outgained them by an extra 10 metres a set. And kick return metres an extra 130. Play the ball speed was 0.21 seconds slower. Uh, That's the load of shit. <laughs> yeah. Because there, the, there was some uh, real slow stuff to start out the game, I have to say. <laughs> uh, even the end of the game, I think I counted about five flops that just went completely unnoticed. Liam Kennedy. Well, by anybody. I was going to say, Liam Kennedy, last time we had him, he didn't like to buy his whistle, but he bought his whistle plenty in this game, just never for us. Ridiculous. We forced one drop out. Uh, Tackle effective tackle percentage, we were both at about 80%, um, which will have to be a lot better um, coming up, better opposition further along. We missed 37 tackles to the Bulldogs, 56 missed. We only made 268 to the Bulldogs, 348. Uh, two intercepts to the Dogs, to our one, 33 ineffective tackles each. 15 areas to the Bulldogs, 12. We conceded eight penalties, which would probably be close to a season high, but for that Raiders game, yeah. uh, to the Bulldogs, two two ruck infringements to the one. And uh, it's got here Bulldogs saying nine interchanges <laughs> used. I assume that includes the hatch. Yeah, I, I don't know what their protocol is because it's, yeah, nine and then one for the HRA underneath. But I don't figure in the past I've seen HRAs bundled underneath that. But, yeah, sure, they didn't get an extra interchange. You'd hope not. All right, Birdie, what did you like? What did you dislike? Oh, just, you know... What better way to celebrate the King's birthday with, you know, a first-half hat-trick from Gufferson? I don't think anyone... Well, listen, let's, let's play this game, right? The bingo card for the game. I don't think anyone had Guffo scoring a hat-trick. Um, Makatoa having a fifth-and-last kick from an inside-outside play. And I just... Well, everyone had Reed Marnie getting bamboozled and, you know, smashed. But um, it was just a very odd game. But we are just too good for them in the end. Like, it's just... they had, they had They've literally got two or three moves... They've got Reed Marnie's 40-20, you know, which we're on to. Uh, Matt Burns' bomb, which, you know, not really did anything to us. And then they kick early for, off, you know, at a car. So, like, other than that, they've literally got nothing. What are they spending their money on? And, yeah, and what I dislike is, once again, getting caned by the referee. I don't know what it was, whether it was a hometown crowd cause or whatever, but the fact is we have literally Junior and Reg, the two of the, you know, say top five props in the league, in the world, essentially, you know, we have a decent pack. The Bulldogs have just have TPJ, who's you know who's a flop, and yet you're telling me the Bulldogs were that clean? They didn't slow us down at all. Like you know, our rucks. I just don't get how we have a dominant pack, you know, and we didn't get any reward for it. I just 
it's just battle. You know, this referee was very trash, and I, I don't usually call out referees unless it's actually Klein. But if he's the best we got, man, Jesus, put me in it, man. I could do a better job than that, and I'm not even biased. <laughs> Only when um, the L's are playing. Oh yeah, true that. Or when the West Tigers <laughs> are shit. <laughs> well, I was sitting right in front of where the, the refs were warming up. Perhaps I should have offered him um, a couple of beers for <laughs> calls going our way. Uh, but then again, I was in Bulldogs Haven there, so uh, that might have not have been greeted very well. Uh, 40. Yeah, well, the first thing that really frustrated me in this game was, we already mentioned it, but that period of play where the Bulldogs were playing silly, frenetic, crazy, sort of shift the wall from side to side footy, and for whatever reason, we felt the need to match it. And um, I, we're very good at moving the ball when we're in sync and in tempo, but we weren't at that point. We're just forcing it for the sake of forcing it. And that's what paved the way for Burton to score that try off the Carla Wapu run. So us sort of resettling, I don't know who was the engineers behind it. I assume, you know, Guffo and Moses being the senior players, but getting us to settle back down was really nice. And from there, it was just good to see us play, for the most part, pretty good football. Obviously, there were some errors in the second half, but seeing Mitchell Moses stand up and deliver on a stage where all the other origin contenders had really, you know, choked up and struggled massively, including like career worst games for some of them. It was fantastic. And, you know, just appreciating the how far Mitchell Moses has come as a player, you know, that combination of being the game manager, but also the eyes up live wire, what he did to TPJ to put him on skates and just embarrass him. That was beautiful heads up football. You straight away been isolated with a prop one on one and just, you know, took him to school. So really cool to see that. Gaffer having a King's birthday long weekend game, fantastic. And then, um, again, we keep talking about him, but our benchies. You know, our benchies are doing a really good job. Ogden, Makatoa, Moretti look good in this one. And uh, and on top of that, the Cardi party. You know, just, I, I don't know what, like, not like he wasn't good for us before, but this year has been like the proper realisation of his talents. He is so consistent. He is firing in all three phases, on the ball, off the ball, attack, defence, everywhere. Uh, so he's doing some really great stuff, and he was another great game for him yesterday. The the thing I like about Cardi is that, yes, he's put away the offload, but it's always there. Yep. You see him, he's always looking around for it. He's Constantly always, scheming, yeah. Yep. He's, he's got it out there, and sometimes I, I, I still clinch because you think, oh, it's Bryce Cartwright, don't offload it. But that's that's the one part of his game that's really honed in on this year. Like, I think I could count on the amount, you know, on on one hand, the amount of times he's thrown a risky offload, yep, agreed. Compared, you know, compared to previous years where you'd have to take off your shoes and ask the person next to you as <laughs> to well to start counting on their hands and uh, fingers and toes. And we still saw the the playmaking building in this game. There was one point where he put in a almost centimetre perfect grubber kick that uh, Rajab you know shielded over the sideline perfectly, but it nearly got a result. And even then, it was still a uh, play the ball inside the red zone. So. He's got all the and then, class, and uh, but now he's got the uh, wherefore to know when and where to use those skills. Well, that that offload to Pennacini for his try. Yep, that was it, superb. Prime, prime example, him. Yeah, prime example. But yeah, if, you know, you're talking about individual players. One player that's we saw it a little bit last year, but this is sort of the 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 peak of his powers so far. Bailey Simonson, right? center of attention. Um, of non-spine players, he had the most touches of the ball for us. 22 run runs, meters. 214 run metres, 72 post-contact. You know, that's it's, – he's a completely different player on the wing. It's unbelievable. I, I, I don't – you know, I, I thought he'd be oh, pretty good at centre based on what we saw last year, but if he can keep putting up those numbers, I understand we had a lot of – we had a glut of possession and, you know, he was up against uh, Jake Avarillo. But my God, if he can keep doing that, and how many ta- eight tackle breaks or something like that? Yep, I think it was eight. And ridiculous and numbers. He got redemption. There was that big deflected kick that he didn't screw up this time. He may have a chance yes. to go back and dive on a queen. So that was a yeah, really nice moment. He's just playing great football, you know. And honestly, the back three, we we've laid into him and for good reason this season. But I think that Russell Sevo. I mean, saying Guffo's a bit unfair there, so I'll throw Bailey in there as like, uh, well, Bailey and Will as part of that formula now, but they've really lifted. I thought Sevo ran with a lot of energy this game. Yeah, there was, you know, some Sevoism to some parts of the game, but uh, he had a, had a pretty good game. Russell's doing a good job helping uh, with those early uh, sets, uh, restarts, so they're all doing so the great job. Under the high and yeah, and it was obviously just a case of the yips earlier this year. Just, you know, the, the mental hiccups there. Because he has been, like you said, Hamish, so good under the high ball since coming back into the NRL. Uh, one player, well, I guess two players we haven't touched on. First, I'll start with Dejan Arcee. 
Um, very, very good. Tidy in his first game, uh, he, picking out that, that first pass and, and playing down that left blind side early in the game to set Clint Gutherson up for the first try. I thought he was very good. The only one blight on the game was that um, pass that was probably about a metre out in front of him, which he just didn't uh, get hands to before he got flattened. Um, but really, I don't think that was on him. I thought it was a pretty poor pass. It wasn't really on. I suppose the other smirch too was him and Davey having that bad miss on Owapu. But Yeah, true. But then again, there was, a, there was three or four players. That, 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 was prim- that. that was primarily on Davey too. He was the first contact and did a really bad job wrapping. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what a great game. I mean, and like we spoke about in our preview, uh, you know, great to see the Eels having the confidence in their players and their systems to put him in a position where they don't need to protect him. He can go out there and play football. You know, he got to do all aspects of playmaking. He was doing passing, organising, long kicking, short kicking, got a couple of tries, got a line break. So, you know, that speaks to both the player and the team, which is really good. Yeah, well, the the, the kick for the second try, pin, pin perfect, wasn't it? Yep. Um, and also his defence. He made a couple of one-on-one tackles there on second rowers, which I thought was really good. Yeah, he's not a small lad, so he can hold his own defensively. So that was good to see. I'll tell you what, if his dad gave him a talk to it and said, <laughs> today, <laughs> I would be uh, having a bad well, game. He, he, he's definitely froze to the mum, doesn't he? Because they had exactly the same expression in that picture. That was uh, funny to see. But yeah, wouldn't have been talking back to Pops. Yeah, his dad scares the fuck out of you. <laughs> <laughs> And um, then, obviously, the late change uh, with um, our English Yeah, Tommy Josh Hodgson, the neck. Uh, yeah, he swallowed a uh, blue tab and it got stuck in his throat. <laughs> um, so, in comes uh, his replacement, who did really well, Brendan Hands. Hands. Yeah, twice, or second time this year, that he's been called upon to play the 80. And, you know, but you, you're not surprised to see a mistake here or there. He had a one bad pass that was called forwards, and then you had a, I think him and Junior had the miscommunication defensively on the uh, second try that the dog scored. But uh, aside from that, nearly 100 metres on the ground, he ran the ball so strongly, defended plenty, plenty well, and yeah, it looked really good looking out with Moses and Dejan. So having a, I mean, he's not going to win Dalian Rookie of the Year, but he's having a hell of a rookie season, like just a really good rookie season. Yeah, he's just so smart. He just picks his times really well to run with the ball. And then his service from dummy half is just crisp, straight to where the playmakers need it. You don't see too many where, you know, playmakers have got to go behind them or above their heads to, to grab the ball. It's usually onto the chest, which is really good. And how many games? He's only 10 games into his NRL career now? 12? That's whatever, whatever you say, I'm going to agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Jermaine Hopgood. He dated de- against Penrith, which was round four. So uh, there's, your, there's your barometer. Uh, I'm, I'm terrible at maths. <laughs> we're, we're, it was round 15 last week, so should be about... Yeah, had a bye. Yeah. Oh, we had a bye too, so it should be about 10 games, yeah, roughly. Ballpark, 10 games. And then the last thing I guess we didn't touch on was a milestone win for the milestone man. Most capped coach for the Eels, getting a win uh, to bring up that milestone. Yeah, good. We've, we've been... I know we've had some tough losses early in the season. I feel like we've been fairly good at milestone games this year, um, which is nice. And yeah, yeah. much... Mitch Moses has like a curse of milestone games that even we can't overcome. <laughs> can't break. <laughs> um, yeah, very much deserved for Brad. Uh, you know, the, the team has by and large responded magnificently to his instructions over the last 10 years, 2018 notwithstanding, which was a real you know gas leak year in that regard. And yeah, there's a very, very much earned as the most capped NRL head coach. And I think there's still plenty more to come. Yeah, just on that, you're talking about that, you know, un- unheralded players, especially forwards who have come to the club. Uh, Bryce Cartwright, his career was, you know, pretty much over after he finished up the Titans, rebirth, renewed life here. And even though it's taken him a year or two to get to this form, you know, look at that. Andrew Davey had hardly played any um, first grade football at 29 years of age and then has gone on and got the contract elsewhere and then come back to the club to be a regular uh, sit-in in that second row position. Jermaine Hopgood, whilst he had like a vast experience of, um, well, not experience rather, um, he had untapped potential out of Penrith being played in reserve grade. He's come here and he's a regular starting lock who, um, you know, if things go a little bit differently, he could be uh, in that extended squad for the Maroons. And then looking at Ogden, Dury and Makatoa, you know, just uh, reserve graders who he's really bringing forward into first grade bench um Workers every single week. Manu Ma'u, Kenny Edwards, Dave Gower, Danny Wicks. Uh, you know, the there is a honestly a laundry list of you know fringe players, diamonds in the rough, life. You know, turn your sort of life around, sort of prospects that have come here 
under BA and, and you know, realise their potential. So he is really a forward whisperer in that regard. And he's, he's actually pretty good. I mean, I, I've spoken about this in the show, but he's probably a bit of an underrated halves whisperer too. We've had a lot of fill-in guys do really good jobs from Jay Field to most recently Dejan Arce, who's obviously not just a fill-in, like he's a half, but you know, Mitchell Moses taking his career to the, the top level. So yeah, BA, for, you know, he has got his weaknesses. We've spoken about his bench management and a few other things, but on the whole, he's you know, a coach with some really strong strengths. And Luca Moretti, you know, second stint, gets the late call-up. Uh, well done to the bloke. 16 yeah, play, but, plays um, aggressive. Five runs, 55 metres. Got an offload. It was, it, was a, it was a shame about that. Uh, it, it was a strip, but you know he's got to make sure he doesn't get in those situations where he gets a little bit loose around the ruck there. That's the only thing that sort of the blight on the game, really. Well, I don't want to talk about strips after that game because what is a strip? <laughs> yes. Um, so <laughs> perhaps we move to the Bulldogs and the officiating now. Um, Bulldogs attack woeful. Um, oh, what was like, uh, you know, I, I was at the game, I was going, no one's attacking the line for us. Like there was no threat. They, they were passing, but the passes were 10 metres away from us. Mm. If, if you want to run forwards around, it's not long passes that go 15 metres. It's hit the line, short passes, hit the mm-hmm. line, short passes. We we didn't have to we didn't yeah. have to make any decisions. The decisions were made for yeah, us. Those, those sort of long passes going from side to side, like I said, him sort of make the decisions for the defense automatically. You don't have to you know scramble and say who's got who and well you know what what sort of shapes are they throwing at us. So. It's just yeah, just move across, move across, move across. Then, Whereas the time that did trouble us was when Alapu and Olapu, went into yeah. the line, broke some tackles, and passed. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, yeah. and when Rajab sort of like challenged the line by going across field. Well, not like crabbing, but going in and across. Uh, but, yeah, the, the Bulldogs, they feel Terrible like, they, they feel like if, if the basics don't work, they sort of just go back to factory reset mode and just go Burton bomb, Burton bomb. Well, did everybody have all of their money on that scrum play, the early kick? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said before, because there was a couple of Bulldogs yep. blokes sitting in front of me, I'm like, this will be an early kick to Adokar watch. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Man. Even, even um, when Parramatta were lining up, Russell was a good five metres behind the defensive line. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish, by so, speaking of scrum players, I wish so much that the refs hadn't called Moses offside for that one. That would have been the biggest shit-eating try for, like, you know, just to rub it in their faces, to charge down into a try. Um, but, yeah. Well, the thing is, even if they, they should have let it play on because he was going to score, and then they could have gone back to the to the bunker. They could have just let it play on. It would have been very easy to. Well, uh, Fox Sports, they were in, <laughs> up in arms oh. about him not putting the ball down. Um, obviously, they didn't hear the whistle. Yeah, Mitch knew straight uh, But away. then, then uh, talking about refereeing, the, the bunker interventions in this game oh, were uh, otherworldly. <laughs> okay, so I, I can cop. I don't agree with it because I thought that Burton lost control of the ball and had the regrip. And once he had the regrip, they were both in mutual possession of the ball uh, before he went to the ground. But I can I can cop that because yes, traditionally as soon as a tackle a tackler and a tackle are on the ground, you can't strip the ball. Okay, but, but Cartwright wasn't on him when he was on the ground. But he he was on the ground. There was a tack like there was a contact with a defender. I can cop that that would be ruled a tackle. Like I don't necessarily agree with it after he he lost that possession of the ball initially, but I can cop it. But the fact that ten minutes later, ten minutes later, Mike Acevo was on the ground and they're allowed to strip him in exactly the same situation. Yeah. Is, is just absolutely bizarre. And the touch judge was right there. The referee was right there. And they just looked at it and said, yep, play on. And like, sure, you can criticize Mike for not having the greatest ball security in that situation, but he'd literally been given proof, like empirical evidence of how that ruling would be 10 minutes earlier. And the referees completely reversed it. I mean, if, I was going to say, if we didn't blew our challenge or, you know, if we kept our challenge, we could have challenged the Civo one. Like, I don't, I think, I don't that, think we would have won, honestly. Like, yeah, that, I just it was feel that, that the bunker would just... Well, this this ref is a rookie referee, in my opinion, and I don't think they wanted to sort of like go against. They just wanted to back him up, and pretty much whatever decision he's just, you know, they're going down with a sinking ship. And the, the saddest Wait, part, we, no, we wouldn't have been able to challenge the Sevo one because uh, it was live play. Yeah, it was live play. Oh yeah, yeah, you're off. And we, the the we, saddest we, part is that that wasn't even the worst decision in the game. Like, not even close to the worst decision in the game. Yeah, that 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 obstruction one. That's I I because. Simonson runs through the line, and then the line catches up to him. Secondly, Aluapu pushes Simonson, so he's pushing a player in support, tackling him off the ball. 
And then he stops. All the he stops. Mm-hmm. He's not then, obstructed. And their second try, essentially, um, the center runs behind two plays and passes it. Like that—that's more of an obstruction than what um. You you can't was. you can't stop in the line. You can't run through the line. Soon enough, you're not going to have to run before the line. Like well, the, the and this is the problem. It's not like yeah. Obviously, I didn't think Liam Kennedy had a great game with the main whistle, but. You can once again you can mitigate some of his errors because the game is so fast and you've only got a split second to make these decisions. Yes, there's a certain margin of error you can cop even if he has a bad game. The bunker is consistently getting stuff catastrophically wrong, catastrophically, and it's like a fundamental, like almost willful misunderstanding of the game. Like no one who has watched or played rugby league would have ever said that Bowie Simonson had impeded a defender illegally in that play. He did no. exactly what your coach yeah. to do, exactly what the NRL tell you you're meant to do, and he got punished for it. Yeah, and the thing is, Oluwapu gave up the chase. Yeah, he was not, never going to be, be a factor. Not because, not because he was obstructed and threw his arms in the air. He gave up the chase because he wasn't going to catch yeah. Sivo. Exactly. But but even if he catches Sivo, he's not he's not stopping him from scoring no, a try. Like no, he's that, not that was a dragging f- him back. Fit, like a, a fully motivated Sivo plowing. That was like Sivo versus Teddy going back years. He was I going mean, to bury someone. Even the commentator says he can be in a German tank or Sherman tank, or whatever, and he still wouldn't have stopped. Yeah. Like, there's literally nothing. Like, Tevita Pengai, a bigger player than him. Okay, not as quick as Oluwapu, but he couldn't stop him as well. Like, there's literally nothing that can stop him. And Except I just the don't get. It's like they pick and choose when they use common sense. Mm-hmm. And, like, I guarantee you, like, because this was a blowout score, they're not going to reflect on it. And this was pretty much the last game. Like, if this was a close game, like, I'm sure Brad Arthur should have, would have blew up about it. It's just. Well, that's the thing. One, what, if it, what if at the end of the year. We miss out on a top four spot by four points or two points, mm-hmm. or we mm-hmm. miss out on a top eight spot by four points. You don't, you don't, you know, you don't think about this game. Or Sevo misses the Canavai medal by a try. Like that's an individual accolade that he's been robbed of. Yeah, because of that. It was a brilliant backline move. Like yeah. it looked so. Oh wait, no, that was the other try. No, I'm getting the mix. No, even then, it was a stutter yeah, step by very, very on both yeah. of the tries. Yeah. Yep. It was a little stutter step from him. Slowed it right down. The defense went, "Oh shit, what's going to happen here?" And then they played fast off it. Well, I think that might wrap up that first grade chat. So we move on to reserve grade. There was no reserve grade game. We had to buy. Nah, I'm not talking about that. No, you're talking about the Sydney Shield game because I don't know any players in that team. I think it was like the eighth grade game. That that was actual New South Wales Cup versus Ron Massey sort of stuff. That was awful. The scoreline, 64 to 12, Bulldogs (laughs) over the Eels. Uh, There were a lot of uh, Bulldogs fans crowing before the first grade game, (laughs) Uh, not after. But yeah, any game where Kyle Flanagan scores four tries. Um, Braden Burns scores in the zero minute. Um, Just not good enough. I I was meant to go out and buy some stuff for lunch and dinner at that point with the family over. And I sort of just told myself, okay, I'm going to, they scored the first try. I'm just going to wait for the next set and see what happens. And I end up telling myself, I'll, I'll go when they stop scoring tries. And I was there for like 15 minutes. It was awful. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if, if that result doesn't show, like, um, heading into next year, forget about Reggie's, just blood, blood the youngsters and the juniors. Like, what, like I don't does – does a reserve grade competition mean anything to you guys? Personally, it doesn't mean – No, it's one, it's one of those bonuses of being a fan is that if they have a great year and win a title, you enjoy yeah. it. Much like with the SG Ball this year, where obviously that's the most fertile, you know, junior development ground, so you want that to be strong. But winning the title is just gravy as a fan, um, and it's really cool to be out there at Leichhardt and, and celebrate in the moment. But like you said, Bertie, it's about getting that NRL premiership. And and in saying that, we do need a strong cup team to help promote the growth of these kids. That you know, not every kid's going to be a Will Penasini or a Dylan Brown, someone that can play single digit or thereabout cup games and go straight into NRL and dominate. Uh, we're going to need to have a, a you know a healthy reserve grade environment for them to be able to you know slow cook in, and I'll, I'll admit that the forward pack would be a lot better once everyone's healthy. Like we're leaning heavily on some uh, cut forwards in the NRL right now: Ogden, Makatoa, Moretti. Uh, you know, Davy will probably be surplus to NRL requirements when we have our halves back alongside Maddo and uh, Lane and whatnot. So there's a lot of quality forwards missing. Uh, but that back line is just not great right now, and that spine is not great right now. And I don't think any number of NRL returnees will really help them in the big picture right hand because, you know, Dejan's obviously playing NRL right now, and that doesn't help Cup. But, you know, they've got issues at dummy half, at fullback, uh, in the halves, uh, in the back line in particular, where, you know, the, up until this week where I think we get a, a player back this week, I think mean, Dunster was just about the only NRL caliber player 
or close to an real caliber player we had in that back line. It was all cup, uh, sorry, Ron Massey sort of tier players. Yeah, it's very much. It's just, you know, there's just not enough players there. And you thought bringing the Eels back under, well, sorry, the reserve grade back under the Eels banner um, would be better than having them under Wenty Magpies. But, you know, it, there's just not enough talent there at the moment. Yeah, it, it feels like at full strength, well, before you release Jake Arthur and whatnot, so we haven't got our you know full sort of contingency plans in play uh, when it comes to playmakers. But at full strength, it's still a good cup team. But... We, we don't really have the resources beyond that. And unfortunately, you know, you have runs where injuries bite you and we, we don't have the proper setup right now, at least, to be able to mitigate that. And that's probably a lesson to be learned for recruitment and retention in terms of how deep your cup team needs to be moving forwards. But then you you look at the Bulldogs team, right? They've had plenty of injuries over, you know, for their first grade team and yet their Reggies are coming first. So, like, I... I will admit, you know, Reggies... Um, well, it's not like our Reggies are bottom of the table. They were in the top eight coming into this round. Yeah, the, the, but like the, I'm talking about like like with all you know respect, Rankin shouldn't be anywhere near first grade, right? Oh, reserve grade. Like there's some players in reserve grade, they shouldn't like they're out of their depth if that makes sense. And I just, it's just you know what can you expect? Like I think as I feel as though um, our squad, you know, where we look at you know the, from players 25 to 30, even the developmental players, they're just not up to it yet. Like we we sort of look at them thinking, oh, we don't expect much from them, but we should be expecting a bit more. Yeah, a bit I, more I think quality. I think like I said, there should be a paradigm sort of shift um in that regard, Bertie. So you're not I don't think you're off the mark there. Mm. There's absolutely some reef like reefing that can be done how we structure top thirty development contracts in relation to the New South Wales Cup and in general just recruiting a better caliber of basic cup player because not all of them are going to be NRL players, but you still need good cup players to be the fertilizer or the supporting pillars for your young talent and your fringe first graders. Yeah, too well said. Well, let's get to the flag then. Eels 6 to the Bulldogs 22. Unfortunately, going down here as well, um, we've got Tudio going over for the sole uh, try in that grade in the final four minutes. I wasn't out for this one. Ham, I don't know if you got out there, but I'm not surprised. They sort of had a uh, emergency spine reconfiguration this week. Upper Tweeter went into 5-8. Uh, and I, I think he's there this week as well, but they'll sort of uh, scraping by in terms of players. They get a few players in this week, which I think will be of significant uh, aid. But yeah, the Bulldogs, I think they're very good and uh, pretty good in flag, and the Eels have been a bit scratchy on form and also battling the injury bug. So not surprised to see the Dogs winning comfortably. Nah, I wasn't out there. I was camping at Lithgow, freezing my ass off. <laughs> that was a good weekend for that one. <laughs> News. So I guess the big news is Mitch Moses gets the call up for origin duty with Fittler saying that he'd always planned on bringing uh, Moses in should there be a further injury to Cleary. Um, I guess the rumbling started midweek. I was hoping that he wouldn't be picked. That's <laughs> very selfishly <laughs> for him. Um, but, you know, it's, it's great for Moses, you know, it, for him to go and get those rep jerseys and bring back that uh, to club land. Like, I know we he didn't have the, well... He actually had a fine game last time he played for the Blues yeah. with a broken back, um, considering who his halves partner was and what game they had. Um, and he certainly brought that back to club land and he's continued to lift his game, so hopefully he can do similar here. But it's 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 not a great situation to go into. No, I, I was very much the same. I, you know, watching him play yesterday after about... After he set up the second try, I went, oh, he got the call to say he's playing Origin. <laughs> Just the way he was playing, he was everywhere. Supreme confidence uh, all over the place in, in a good way, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, you know, as as an Eels fan, which I am first and foremost, it's it's it, the short term, I'm not happy. <laughs> but I think long term, the more that he plays in high-pressure situations, the, the you'll see at Channel 9 we'll talk about intensity, we're metres per <laughs> minute, the more he plays in that. Environment will be better for us long term, but short term, I want him. I want him to be playing mainly this week. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we had a good uh, reserve grade uh, halfback. who was probably top three, three in reserve grade halfbacks. But uh, you know, some cancerous fans drove him out of the club, and Andrew, he'll be playing number seven for the opposition this week yeah, against us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Junior Paulo, so he's recalled to the team, but apparently in a starting role. I don't know why he just doesn't play Junes and. Um, and Haas for like 60 minutes apiece. Yeah. Well, he's going to have to, you know, isn't he? With, with only one middle on the bench again, I uh, I suppose... You, don't, don't doubt. Don't doubt, please. <laughs> you've, you've got Yo and Murray, so you can do that sort of, you know, Yo plays prop at some point, but... He'll no, have think, Robson think, and Cook on the field at the same time. <laughs> think about the stupidest thing that you could do and then 
that's not even had the level that Freddie will mm. stoop to. This yeah. is a guy who won a wooden spoon with the Roosters. Fair. Shame on me. Think about how hard that would be to do. He'll chuck Brian Tyre in the fr- in front row because you'll see, oh, look, he's about 105 kilos. He could play prop, you know. He you yeah. know he runs for 200 metres for Penrith. Why can't we do that? Like, I don't know. Who's, who's his second in charge? Like, I know Brandy's the selector, but who's his assistant coach? Because um, I think Kalis would give him a run for their money. He did have Fitz. Fitz Isn't he? it Mary McGregor? Is it Mary? Okay. He did have Fitzgibbon at one point before he got the Sharks gig. And that seemed to be when we were doing um, our best. So perhaps there was something in uh, him being a fairly decent coach. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, so well, well done to the boys. Uh, selfishly, don't want them playing, but uh, hopefully they bring back good, some good form following Origin and no injuries. Well, no other really big news? Mm. Nope. Speak now for our hold to peace. I think, yeah, I think that's it. Probably, there's probably something that we're missing, but yeah, I don't think. Uh, I mean, oh, we got uh, great news on Widermo. Oh yeah, that the Liz Frank injury downgraded from what we thought it was going to be season ender to perhaps back in yeah from three twenty two three to five months yeah. to round twenty two. So awesome. Um, we get Mato and uh, Joe Ofengahi back as well, which is huge. Um, and yeah, Sean Lane not too far off as well. So. You know, these boys are going to be fresh for that big push in the back half of the season, and God, we need him because I was looking at that draw, <clears throat> and you know, the game against Manly sort of looms very critical suddenly because there's a whole ton of good teams reversing where it's fifty-fifty sort of matchups, and you know, I could easily see us going five and five uh, across those ten matches. So getting the Manly game that pushes to six and four in uh, those sort of projections will be very, very big. Yeah, it's this next month of football really um, to the, to almost the end of July. That's really where we need to be winning all of these games um, to front load that before we have our. Uh, when do we have our third bye? Well, you don't That's want to know. The last round it's the last, the last round, round. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're the only team to not get a bye during the Origin period. Wild, How crazy! Wild. <laughs> Just on top of the the turnaround from Darwin, on top of the five day turnaround this week, where it's like one of the only like two or three Monday games they have a season. So sure, you'd think they'd have the wherefore and the foresight to say, you know what, make sure the Eels get a Sunday game. Nope. Sad though. We'll get a buy like every other team in the competition in the lead up to an origin game. Yeah. Um, let's Look, go, Jersey Flag. Oh, sorry, yeah. Bertie. I was going to say this season is just, you know, it didn't start off well and we just had nothing go our way this year. Literally, like, even when we don't want Moses playing origin, he gets selected. Like, <laughs> nothing has gone our way this year. Uh, well, let's go to the Jersey Flag, which we'll is the Eels taking on the Sea Eagles at 3 p.m. at New Era Stadium. That's Saturday, the 17th of June. Uh, so a, pl- a couple of players returning, a couple of players out there, but um, Brock Parker, Damian Nutty, Joshua Lynn, Noah Reed, they're all names that we've heard before. Um, so this week, a uh, couple of injury returns. Does that make the team look better overall for you, gentlemen? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Brock Parker. Um, mm-hmm. He's just big, aggressive, smart player too. Um, so good to see him back. Uh, it's hard to say against this Manly team. Uh, you know, Lehi Hopawati, um, Blake Metcalf, Colin Mafoa, a couple of those boys are from the, or we've known to Parramatta um, fanaticals, if they know those names. Um, but yeah, it's it's a tough one. It's a tough I like the back line. I think if the back line can get back into it. I, I, did, I didn't see the game on the weekend, so I have no idea how they played. I haven't even seen any highlights or anything, so... Forward pack looks um, better balanced. No Jock Brazel, no Max Tupo is not going to help in the back line, but Charlie Geimer comes back in, or come, I say comes back in, gets to make his uh, seasonal flag debut, uh, which is really nice. Um, I do think... Mm, Paddy that, Spence, the yeah, lone dummy half. That, that's a bit spooky. That's where I was going to go, is that uh, with the uh, Matt Arthur suspension being... So he's two, two weeks suspension being served the second leg now, on top of uh, uh, the other dummy half going up to New South Wales Cup... Uh, yeah, we're we're very bare bones at the sort of um, number nine spot. Um, so just having said that, Eels in eighth position against Manly in last. Uh, Seagulls there have had four wins to our five, so it's not like they're too far apart. But the points differential for Manly there is pretty awful, negative 103 to our negative 36. So it's a game they can certainly win. Uh, it's a matter whether or not they can get up for the game. Uh, let's move to the New South Wales Cup, which will see the Eagles now in 10th, playing the Seagulls Blacktown Workers, um, 6, 3pm at Combank Stadium on Saturday the 17th of June, so the curtain raiser before first grade. Uh, not as many ins as we'd hoped. <laughs> um, <laughs> a couple of outs. 
Uh, Robbie Graham and Wanga Blake uh, returns from his injury. Uh, what can you tell us about Robbie Graham? You know as much as I do. I know his first name's Robbie and his last name's Graham. He, uh, okay. he might have played in 1946. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. There, there, there's a, there is a rugby league project player profile for a Robert Graham that goes back to like World War II. So uh, they've reanimated him and got him out playing for reserve grade on the weekend. Good to see there's um, nothingbutleague.com has a player, Robbie Graham, born 13th of March 2022. So he's one year old. Damn. Uh, but yeah, good, good to see Jacob Davis up there. Um, you know, this is, uh, I mean, I'm not, not expecting him to, you know, catapult into NRL calculations, but this is part of the journey for him. And uh, he'll be alongside a couple of other flag contemporaries in Jonte and Jock. Uh, which will be good, and yeah, the more the more we get these flag boys in there to start filling out this team, we go back to Bertie's discussion with how the composition of the New South Wales Cup squad should be. I think the best thing for our long term health as a club is, you know, doing, like Penrith, sort of leveraging your flag squad into your cup squad, and you know, creating a environment where players are happy because they've got their teammates that they've played a lot of football with with them, which then facilitates the ability to let some of these guys, you know, cook for the extra year or two they need in uh, Reggie's. So that, that's a good start. Um, hopefully he has a decent game. Well, there was a bit of a smoky during the preseason. We thought uh, he might be getting that bench utility spot in first grade. Um, obviously, he hasn't played as much reserve grade and flag even. Um, but, yeah, getting him back up to the reserve grade is probably better for his development long term. Mm-hmm. Well, now we've got uh, four players flag eligible. And uh, John Tony, Jacob Davis, Jock Brazel. So. And um, Arthur Stephen would have almost certainly been there as well. And he can't be too yeah. far off. Can't um, be too far. He, he might be. Uh, I was hoping he'd be named this week based on the like rough timeline we sort of uh, penciled out based on the club reports and what we'd sort of you know seen from games or going to games and whatnot. Uh, but sure, he may be, if not next week, then after the bye. Yeah, and Jira Momasea not playing in the halves or at centre, that can oh. only be a good thing. Well, Dan Keir playing 5 8 isn't exactly the inspiring choice, yeah, too. Yeah, it's, it's much better. Dan, Dan is a you know he's a real goer. You know he, he'll certainly give you everything he's got, but he is. I would not have called him a five eight. <laughs> Well, without further ado, let's go to Saturday, 5.30pm. Eels in ninth, playing Manly in eighth at Combank Stadium. Um, so a fair few players returning here as well. Um, let's start with the team list, which you'll see for Manly. They'll have Tom Travojevic and um, Daly Cherry Evans out. So KO Weeks at fullback, Jason Saab and Tui Pilotu on the wings, Kula and Garrick in the centres, Josh Schuster, Jake Arthur in the halves, Paseka and Sipley as starting props with Lachlan Croker, captain at hooker. Olakawatu Fainu on in the second row and Sean Kepi at lock. Then the interchange bench is Carl Lawton, Josh Garlic Sauce Aloe, uh, Ethan Bullimore, Ben Condon, and then the extended bench, Aaron Woods, Tuamalo Vega, Harper, Chan Kam Tong, and Fulton. And for the Eels at fullback and captain, Clint Gutherson on the wings, Makasibo, Sean Russell, Will Penasini, Bailey Simonson in the centres, Ryan Madison returns from injury at 5'8", and Dejon Arce switches jersey to the 7. Regan Campbell-Gillard, Offahigi, Ogden are the starting props with Brendan Hands at 9. Bryce Cartwright, Andrew Davey in the starting second row with Jermaine Hopgood at lock. Luca Moretti, Joe Offahengawi also returns from injury. Matt Dury, Makahesi Makatoa on the bench. With Dunstar, Jack Murchie, Kai Rodwell, Wonga Blake, and Sean Lane in the extended bench. Um, so, gents, just looking at that team list there, um, I don't know. I think we're, we're fairly evenly matched in the back line, but for the halves pairing, Madison probably hasn't donned the six jersey since uh, jersey flag days. Um, and then in the forwards, I don't think there's too much difference there, is there? I kind of like our pack. Yeah. I'm kind of feeling yeah. our forwards. It's it's just a, such a shame about that injury to... um. Um, to Miramu. if he's in, like, but that's the thing. Who do you drop out, <laughs> even with that injury? Well, I think, I think Ogden goes to the bench, and then Moretti probably comes out. Yeah, but even then, and, I, and I'm that's because Moretti, Moretti not because Moretti's playing bad. It's just because, yeah, yeah. That's you know, and that's where we need to play. Really, we need to, and we, you know, a big one will be. Well, it's a, it's the battle of the um the big five eights. You got one. Carved out of marble, carved out of stone, looks like a Greek Greek god. And then on the other side of the six, you have the Michelin uh, Man. I was I was going to say carved out of a Big Mac or something. 
Well, the problem is, is he played it against his last, his first game earlier in the season, albeit yeah. at Manly's home ground, and and had his best game of the season, and it's, it's sort of used that to ask for a million dollar a year contract. <laughs> but that's the thing; he has a very good first half where he's switched on, and he'll he'll do a chip kick, and he'll throw a cutout pass, he'll do the no look pass. So we really need to keep up on that side of the field. Um, make sure we're really switched on there because. The other side, I'm, I'm a fan of Jake. I think he's got his uh, a spot in first grade in years to come, but he's just not quite there yet. So we, sh- we should know the ins and outs of Jake. And if he's kicking down to Micah, that's who we need to run at. That's who he needs to tell, kick out in the line. This tell week. Mike about Jake's wearing white headgear. Yes, exactly. And he's three foot shorter. Yeah, I guess just looking at them, I guess they're big gauge men, Josh Schuster. Uh, if he decides to show up. Uh, Jason Saab has a bit of speed on the wing. Uh, Taniela Paseca, uh, this year especially, has been fantastic in their front row, so Reg is going to have to go hammer and, hammer and tongs with him. Um, Olakawatu can play pretty good uh, second row, but outside of that, their bench is pretty stock standard. Um, this is winnable. This is yeah. very winnable, yeah. Well, I don't, want, I don't want to be you know voted off this podcast, but I'm actually a bit worried about this game. I, I, I look... I, I think it's fine to worry about it because, you know, you're missing two of your premier pieces in Junior Paul and Mitch Moses. Or it's just, look, if we have to chase points, we're going to, uh, in my opinion, we're going to have to struggle because you're expecting, you know, or you're, you're relying on, like, okay, if we need a points, we usually give it to Moses or Guffo, like, but we, we're pretty much turning towards Guffo and a guy in his second game for the for the club and then also, you know, a back grower that's, you know, hasn't played 5 8 for a while. I'm just worried if, we, if this becomes a shootout. We won't have the we we won't be able to um, score as much points. If this was like you know a Dower game, which I can see you know I can see happening in our in our radar source, but manly they've got speed across the park, right? You know which we don't have as much. Their pack, yeah, they're mediocre, but they're pretty massive, big bodies out there. Like when you look at it, like as you said, it's literally Reg against Reg and Hopgood against the whole you know the likes of Paseca, Olakawatu who scored two tries against us. You know who could be you know playing for New South Wales like it's. I look at this team, I just think Manly got a big team. And I'm just like, if we can get within, you know, a try, I'll be happy with that. But I'm just hoping we don't get blown out this week. That's it. We don't get blown out. You're setting the, the, the bar pretty low. <laughs> I'm, look, you know, I, I usually say like a banana skin game. Like, usually we lose this because of us. But, you know, oh, listen, you know, if we can't be the favourites for this game. Like, if I'm a betting man, it's just, I just can't see any positive look. I don't want, as I said, I don't want to be voted off this podcast, but I'm, it's going to be very tough for us this week, in my opinion. What do you think, uh, Forty? What do you like? What do you dislike? Yeah, like I said, really feeling that forward pack. Obviously, the Paramount back line has been pretty sharp as well. So I think in those two aspects, we match up pretty good. Um, the question will be, like, I think Bertie made an astute point. This is a game where you don't want to be left chasing points. You don't want to you know, you let Manly get out to a hot start, get two or three tries up on the scoreboard, and then have to engineer a big comeback where – you're missing a, a long kicker, you're missing an organiser, and you're relying on a combination of, you know, ball playing forwards and, uh, you know, a guy in his second game for the club to spearhead a big comeback. So playing smart football is going to be key here. Um, but we've got the guys to do it. Um, and, you know, we've got a lot of guys that are in honestly good touch now. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Ogden, Ogden sorry, can do as a starter. Um, I think he's been great off the bench for a, a, quite a few weeks now. Uh, and I think he, he also gives you not a like-for-like like for Junior, but in terms of tempo, they're similar players with the ability to provide the punch to Reg's just, you know, non-stop working uh, and high-quality impact there. And, yeah, I'm just trying to think. I'm, I'm really keen to see because I feel like a lot of our attack will be, you know, uh, built around getting to the red zone. Then you get someone like Maddo who can play sort of ISO on the edge, spot up against the opposition half, use his size to create a mismatch and then get the offload or a short ball away, um, you know, and complement that with his short kicking game too because he's got a pretty handy grubber kick. And I think this would be a big game for Guffo, much like how I sort of, uh, or we all sort of uh, previewed the Bulldogs game where having Dejan coming into the team, you, you'd sort of think down that left side, Guffo would feature prominently. He did. I think this would be another case here. So I'm I'm not going to say I'm, I'm confident, but I'm kind of feeling this game. I, I feel like our last month of football has really set us up for this. And I'm, I'm really keen to see what we can do without Mitch Moses because uh, this is a challenge for the squad and it's the sort of challenge that can really define a season. I guess the last three uh, games have been next man up, mm-hmm. and this uh, looms large as a similar match. Uh, him, yeah, I'm I'm pumped up for this. I think um, the way they beat us last time, we were we were too loose with the passes. 
we were loose in defence. Um, I think if we go out there, I, I, it's going to be a forward battle because the the spine for each team it's diminished. We know this. We know it's we know it's down. We know they're not at full strength. So it's going to be played up through the middle, which really suits us. It suits us because we saw against the dogs when they want to throw the ball around, we start to go, oh, we should do that too, and we throw the ball around. Whereas if it's played up the middle, we play, we complete at 80%, we get to our kick, we can pin them down much more than they can pin us down. I think Arcee's got an underrated kicking game. Um, he's got a big spiral bomb that he can put up that's better than Burton. It's more dangerous than Burton's. It's actually hard to catch rather than Burton's just catch no problems. Um, so, yeah, I think play it up the middle. That's where we'll get them, even though, you know, their forward pack's a bit more. I think our forward pack's better, but theirs have played together more, if if, if that's sort of. Mm-hmm. Because theirs is like their 8 to 13 has been with them pretty much all year, whereas our 8 to 13, you know. To, been together in the injury room. That's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's old boys' day for us, so there's you know yes. extra, extra motivation. Is that one? Of the, is that the first one? I, I don't remember a Parramatta old boys' we've, day. We've, we've done it for the last couple of years. I don't think we've actually badged it old boys' day, uh, but we have we have celebrated certain years and classes uh, around, uh, roughly around this time of season. The only old boys' days I know about Parramatta is usually when it's the election vote. You know, everyone comes out. Like that's legit. Rob like, Shahady comes wears a Parramatta shirt for one time a year. Yeah, because like you think, you know, in the eighties, right? You know, it was us and Bulldogs. We were the best team in the eighties, but we don't. They don't mention, you know, like they don't honor it. If, if that makes sense, like they keep talking about the who do we ever won, but instead of focusing on the negative, focus on the positive. Like no, no one will ever win three in a row. So the more they do this, the more they broadcast it and, and you know, let everyone know. Like it's good, and I, and I like how they said they're gonna have um everyone, all the players are gonna get their own ring essentially, like. A commemorative ring, but it's good to um, honor the old old boys' day. Yeah, definitely. And it's nice to be out on a Saturday night, five thirty p.m. Uh, at home. Uh, My second favorite time slot. Yeah, not having to run there, or you know, pub slot game on a Friday mm-hmm. night, at six p.m. Or um, you know, having a front up to work after going to the footy on a Thursday night. Trying to take the kids to the footy on Thursday night is just a nightmare. Awesome. You don't get home until almost midnight. Mm-hmm. And they're school the next day. Uh, it's just That's why we need a, what, a bumper crowd of 22, 23,000 out there. Well, I'll have four people with me. Me, the youngest bloke. Uh, his sister will be at a sleepover. Uh, but then two of my mates will be coming as well. So uh, four four seats will be occupied there. I assume you boys will be there too. Yes, I'll sir. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm oh. gonna, oh. <laughs> as I said, you know, I'm just... Okay, legs, okay Ron. Okay, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know, look, I'll, I'll defend the Discord. How about we need someone back at Discord because, you know, you don't want to see me, you know, pissed off in a stadium. <laughs> uh, like those fences are not that high, you know. <laughs> you said you'd be pissed off. <laughs> I've seen some streakers, you know, get away. I can do a fair job and, yeah. Listen, best if I stay home, yeah. I can't afford to pay the fine. So, yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, it's true for all. Oh, uh, who's our referee, days. by the way? Oh, see, that, that might even seal the fate for me to stay home. <laughs> On team list, one sec scrolling down. So, oh no, everybody, yeah, using video. It's not Sorry, showing up for me on nrl.com. Go to spanner in the works. Yeah, usually, it's no, up. Uh, oh, usually it's at the bottom. Yeah. Might not, it might not have figured out their appointments yet because of origin, uh, I suppose. I don't know. Dogs, not quite sure. We're not playing them again this year, but you know, we've been maybe we have no referee. We've been able to overcome it the last couple of weeks, so let's uh redo that again. Um, so we're talking about big rivalries, uh, probably our biggest rivalry against Manly. Um, get out there, down there to Parramatta Stadium on Saturday night. Um, I think we can win if we can, you know, rugby league truism. If we can win in the middle of the field, I think we can win the game. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a Gus Gouldism. <laughs> what's what's the meme going around Twitter at the moment? Uh, dumb's pers- a dumb person's version of a smart person. That's Gus Gould right there. <laughs> Yes, he is very Trump-esque. Uh, he's the rugby league's Trump. Um, 30 predictions. Oh, even though I'm a bit nervous and worried, um, always got to back my boys. So I'm going to say Parramatta 18, Manly 14. Very odd scoreline. Um, I'm going to say Rich might score the first try, and all three sorry, all three tries will be assisted from Guffo. Wow. Oh, yeah. 40. Um, yeah, I think... Maybe like a 24-14 sort of vibe. Um, 
maybe uh, goal kicking is going to be the one because Garfo is a good backup goal kicker, but sometimes he can have the rotor off a little bit. So don't know about that, but about, about 24-14. I'm, this isn't first try scorer, but I think this is going to be the Brendan Hands game. I think this is going to be his big game. Like he's had good games. I think this is going to be a big game. Going to lay on a couple of try assists, maybe score one at any time. First try scorer, though, I think Mike Acevo. It's the easy one, but I think the, you know the, he's going to be upset having that one taken off him. So we'll go left early, and uh, he'll get over. Yeah. Parramatta to win. Ooh, who's that? Gutho would be a goal kicker, won't he? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, Parramatta, 26 to Manly's 12. First try scorer, Maney, Jermaine Hopgood, right down Main Street. Hey. All right, and for me, our average points scored is 25, so I'll go for 25. Our average points conceded is 20, so I'll go for 18. Eels to win 25 to 18. And first try scorer, I'll go the king again um, off the back of a big game. Uh, he's certainly up for it, and uh, he's not up against uh, Tom Travojevic this week. He's up against Kara Weeks. Um, and he'll have a, a hand to play um, in, in the backline movements, obviously with both of our starting halves out. Ryan Madison filling in. Dejon Arcee, he's going to have to steer the team a little bit more and uh, do a bit more of the kicking. Um, but I've been told he, he has a bit of a boot on him. Is that what you guys have seen in reserve grade? Uh, Rankin has been more the uh, kicker, even when he's been playing. But based on what I saw of him at the Cowboys and the Warriors, I think, he, he, I'm not sure if it's if it's regular, but he's got a, he has a big bomb on him. So maybe he'll be the next. Uh, we won't be talking about Burton bombs. We'll be talking about RC bombs. Yeah. Um, but since you named a uh, field goal, who's kicking the field goal? Yeah, Dejon RC. Oh, okay. <laughs> Might be Reg actually. <laughs> I'd much prefer that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Well, let's wrap it up there. So thanks again for joining us on the Parrot Podcast. Get out there, pack out that stadium on Saturday night. You've got no excuses. Five thirty p.m. Rug up. Um, but we're playing manly. Uh, we need that vocal home crowd to get us home with a couple of outs due to origin and injury. Until then, we'll catch you on the next Parrot Podcast. Adios. Well, Parrot. Later.